0: So, we're starting with Galatians chapter 3, and Paul belabors his concerns for the Galatians. He, he. Uh, I don't know if the word scold is an appropriate word for this, but he rebukes them, certainly. Mm-hmm. He talks about them being bewitched, and... That they are they received the spirit in the beginning, but they're ending with the flesh and the works of the law. And then he goes into explaining what they should believe. So, uh, would you read verses six to nine? Six two nine or two through nine? nine through nine. Okay.
1: Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel of Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed and faithful with faithful Abraham.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. This word reckoned or accounted can be translated considered or considered as. So Abraham believed God and it was it was considered as his righteousness. And of course I'm referring to the Hebrew original. He's quoting Genesis nine six there. Uh, not nine six. Fifteen six, I think it is. Genesis 15, 6. Yes, I had to look that up. So, Abraham's trust in God was considered by God as righteousness. And I see that as a way of saying, this is the kind of righteousness I want, is trust in me. Because we don't have any other kind. We can't earn it ourselves we can't we can't rely get it by relying on the works of the law. We can only get it through trust and of course, uh we talk about imputed imputed means to apply something to someone they didn't acquire mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It does not mean it's a facade or something fake they we don't acquire even faith. Do we? We don't get faith on our own. Our faith We're is a response. We don't. Our faith is a response to God's faithfulness or right. his trustworthiness. Right. So so this is none of this is acquired by us irrespective of God.
1: There was something in him speaking in the Galatians that they must have really understood what had happened to Abraham. And for me, I don't... I wonder, but I don't understand what it was about Abraham that he got such uh, support and that it was going to be, for all of us down through time, reflected...
0: Well, let's go to Genesis 15...
1: But they seem to know that, because otherwise he wouldn't have mentioned it to
0: them. They had to have had Paul explain Genesis, Genesis 15. Uh, God appears to Abram, and Abram protests that he has no offspring. And then God brings Abraham, Abram, I should say, outside and says, "Look at the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them." Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And then it says, and he trusted the Lord or believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it, considered it as his righteousness. That's what Paul is quoting here. Okay. This is the first covenant. This is the Abrahamic covenant. I shouldn't say it's the first covenant. You have the Noahic covenant. But this is... This is a covenant, the, the first covenant to Israel and the, the progenitor of Israel.
1: Oh, okay. So that's that's the key word then. It's the progenitor of Israel.
0: He's the progenitor of Israel.
1: And because of that, the Lord gave him a special position that uh, down through time would be recognized. Yeah.
0: Because he then talks about at the very end of the chapter, to your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river the river Euphrates, the land of the Canaanites, the Kenzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the the Perizzites, and the Raphim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, Girgashites, and the Zebusites. He's giving them land. That's the second part of the covenant. It's the land grant. The first part is, I'm going to give you offspring. And they will be like the stars of the heavens in number. Now, the way I see this covenant is that Abram accepts it by trust, and that was the covenant, period. But then, God says, I'm going to give you this land. And Abram says, how do I know that I possess it? What's happened to Abram's faith? He doesn't just believe God, and that's it. So, God condescends to do... a a ceremony that was done in the ancient Near East of bringing animal parts and cutting them in pieces, mm. and then you, and then God walks in the in the symbols of the torch and the and the the censer. He walks through these animal parts, saying, "You may do this to me if I do not keep my terms of the mm. covenant." This is, this is a very contractual relationship that he's entered into because. Abram literally does lack f- full faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so we go to the next chapters, and then Abram falls short of faith again because he starts doubting the first covenant, first half of the covenant, because he gets, he takes Hagar as his wife and has Ishmael. And so God says when Ishmael's about 13, God comes to Abram. Changes his name to Abraham, and he says, "Okay, Abraham." Uh, and and this is I'm putting this language in here because it helps to explain. Mm-hmm. I don't know that God really said that to him, but in essence, what seems to happen is Abraham doesn't keep, doesn't continue in faith. He breaks the covenant. Mm-hmm. He takes on the terms himself and tries to fulfill them mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. So God says, "Okay." You're gonna. Since you took on the terms of the covenant, you're going to have to fulfill them. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to cut a covenant, because the the idea of cutting a covenant. See, in Genesis 15 verses one to six, there's nothing about cutting a covenant. Mm-hmm. There isn't even a covenant mentioned. This is a promise, a simple promise right. and relationship. It becomes known as the covenant because Abram took it on himself to keep the promise. And and because he didn't quite believe God, they had to cut a covenant. So the the idea of forming a covenant is to cut a covenant. In the Noachian covenant, the word cut covenant is not used. It's establish a covenant. And, And so... Uh, it's this is this is now the language borrowed from the ancient Near Eastern way of contractual relationships, and you have to cut a covenant. You have to cut up these animal parts and walk through them, and and say you can do to me more. Also, if I do not keep the terms of the covenant, circumcision is simply cutting that covenant a little yeah. closer to yeah. home. Oh, right,
1: Very exactly.
0: So. That, to me, is the background behind what Paul says here. And it's a short step for Paul, who has seen God work in the Gentiles community, that the Gentiles can also become Christians. They can also become part of that new covenant. Right. Because they are, ancestor, they are descendants of Abraham in spirit because they trust God the same God right. mm. so that's what he's trying to teach the Galatians anything else in these verses why don't we move on then to verses 10 through 14 I'm going to go ahead and read okay. for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse for it is written curse is everyone who does not observe and obey all the things written in the book of the law Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the one who is righteous will live by faith. But the law does not rest on faith. On the contrary, whoever does the works of the law shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith.
1: One thing that comes to my mind, when they're talking about the law, are they talking about the law that the Israelites have developed over time? Or are they talking about God's design and God's way He's designed mercy and justice and the laws? I was thinking back more. I
0: think Paul is... Paul is not Tim Jennings. Okay, uh, he is. He is not equipped with our modern way of looking at things, our scientific way. Okay. Uh, he's thinking Old Testament, and so law means Torah. Okay. And Torah includes the Ten Commandments. It includes what we come to call the ceremonial law, ritual law. It includes all the laws that. We're in the book of the covenant, and all the laws in Deuteronomy, and, and laws okay. in De- Leviticus, and Numbers, all of Torah. And you notice that this idea of being cursed under the law is again what happened to the old co- to the covenant at Sinai. The what Paul contends is that the original covenant with Abram is the covenant of trust. Period. Mm-hmm. He's not going to the later editions of it. It's a covenant of trust, but at Sinai, it became a covenant of works, mm-hmm. and and that's truly how they saw it. They saw it as an ancient, like an ancient Near Eastern treaty, and you have the curses and you have the blessings. Right. Right. So that being the case, he's trying to get them back to the original covenant. Mm, okay. The original covenant and the new covenant. Are the same. The new covenant, in a sense, fulfills the original covenant because it writes the law on our hearts. Yeah, it, right. it it helps us to know God. It, there's forgiveness of sin, whereas under the old covenant there didn't seem to be much about forgiveness. God states that He was a forgiving God to Moses, after they break the covenant hmm. at, at Sinai, but the people don't seem to get that. Hmm.
1: So he's having to develop the system to where people are, where they're at at their time of understanding and the way they were functioning and so forth. Mm-hmm. They certainly developed a very human outlook.
0: They did. Mm-hmm.
1: And I was studying about Bolivar and uh, I thought he just freed Venezuela but what I'm finding out he freed the Americas, Peru and Colombia and all companies. He died when he was 48 but his whole approach was he's just going to free everybody and you know he set up leaders but their whole concept was uh, well in those days I mean like women were very much in the home and the background and the church. Mm -hmm. But their whole thinking was out in public the woman was really nothing, something maybe look at if she was attractive or did a nice party or something. But it was very rigid and a lot of the Jewish system was so rigid it sits down through time. Yeah. And women were put in uh, like in Peru, women were put in prison if they found that they had they were married and they had adultery they put him in a prison or the woman would run off to a nunnery.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's medieval yeah. custom.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Basically, he says that Christ took on the curse and redeemed us from it in order that the Gentiles can come to the same faith that Abram had. And, and Paul's big, of course, his underlying concern is that they get away from circumcision for the Gentiles.
1: Let's say that again. In my hearing it sounded like it was implying the Gentiles wouldn't have access to salvation if this
0: you know, I think Paul I think Paul here is mediating to the Jewish Christians a way of getting the Gentiles in that they would take and understand. Oh, okay. It really, Jesus died to save them, too. They're not quite willing to admit that.
1: So he's really speaking to their understanding of the time.
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: that would make sense. And they were so adamant that only the Jews would be saved.
0: Right, and they weren't willing, really, to accept the blood of Jesus, the death of Jesus, for themselves. Right. Right. They didn't think they needed that.
1: Right. Well, like so, fifteen, he says, "Brother, I speak after the manner of men; though mm-hmm, it be a mm-hmm, man's covenant. Mm-hmm. Yet it has. Yet if it be confirmed, no man dissimulate or addeth thereto."
0: Yeah, my version has. I give an example from daily life, but I think human terms is better because I think Paul is is really having to work with them where they are in the legal constructs that they long held. So now the promises, verse sixteen, were made to Abraham Abraham and his to his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings as many, but it says and to your offspring that is one person who is Christ. Hmm. My point is this the law which came four hundred and thirty years later does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. So he's talking about Abraham had the promise The covenant is 400 years later Mm. at Sinai. Mm. Uh, And he says, basically, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. So what has happened here is that the the Sinai covenant has come to almost override every other Mm. aspect. Mm. Paul is trying to say, no, you can't undo a covenant spoken by God.
1: Mm-hmm. because there's nowhere that God had rescinded or removed his first covenant then
0: so he says my, verse 18 for if the inheritance comes from the law it no longer comes from the promise but God granted it to Abraham to the promise mm-hmm. and that's clear from reading Genesis this is why Paul can treat circumcision as not an issue for salvation the only reason he circumcises Timothy is because to keep peace with the Jews hmm. and because Timothy had a Jewish mother, hmm. he therefore was considered Jewish. This was not about salvation for paul
1: hmm.
0: okay and and this is in the, in the, let me explain a little more why he can reject circumcision for as a means of salvation. Circumcision is part of the old version of the Covenant. Of works because step by step Abraham first has to put these animal body parts out there and and God has to walk among them in order to ratify the covenant. That's that's to getting very close to cutting a covenant. In fact, the word "cut" the covenant I think is used. And then circumcision is introduced because Abraham tries to take the terms of the covenant on himself and ben- yeah. and just and uh, create them. So. That covenant is a man-made covenant. Hmm. Circumcision is a response to a man-made covenant. Hmm. That's why he can do away with it. Hmm. I never used to understand that. I, I used to be I used to struggle with that uh, until I started looking at the really the design of the Old Testament. I began to realize the undergirding storyline was first faith and then jumping into a legal mode and then taking on the terms of the covenant myself. And I totally understood Paul after Mm. that.
1: That would make sense. So Abraham, it was a promise from God, the first covenant. And then Abraham took it on to himself because he thought he'd do it his way. From that point on, it became a human process.
0: So he had to have the sign of the covenant, which was circumcision. It was all part of that human basket.
1: Right. And then, at Moses' time, they're still following that. Mm-hmm. Moses, was. everybody was yeah. following. The
0: Sinai covenant was still all that the Lord had said we will do. There was nothing about trust.
1: Right. And so, now today our religions really focus a lot on works. So that's come down thousands of years. And my Bible says this, for Abraham and Genesis, that was about 1100, 1119 B.C. So if that's Abraham's that time period, Babylon started when? Any idea?
0: They say it's 1100...
1: It said 11...
0: for what? What uh, specifically?
1: When it's talking about chapter sixteen, it says B.C. nineteen, 19, 19 eleven. Oh,
0: 1911. Yeah. I'm sorry, I heard something different.
1: Did, what did I say? I think I said one nineteen, but I meant.
0: Oh uh, yeah, okay, I heard eleven nineteen yeah. and somehow. So it's nineteen uh, okay. eleven. Okay, nineteen eleven. That that's possible, using an earlier dating.
1: And Babylon was how long? Before, when did they become a met- metropolis? They were much earlier, weren't they?
0: Babylon, Babylon rose to power a little after Abraham.
1: Oh, oh after. If
0: if that dating is correct, uh, it rose to power under uh, I think Hammurabi's father and and Hammurabi, and ha- they date them. There's three datings. Okay. And the middle dating that most scholars accept is around that Hammurabi's reign ends around 1750. So, okay. Okay. so 19, 19, whatever is earlier. Okay, so in 19, er, 19, that area is, and see, I again, I don't know whether to accept that date well, for Abraham uh, or not. Question
1: mark, yeah,
0: yeah it, because. Even the most conservative dating of the Exodus is about 1450. And if that 400 years that God talks about with Abraham would put him around 1850, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. You're right. It could be 19.
1: Well, I brought up Babylon because um, but what it tells me, because that came later then, is that because of humans our human nature we pretty quickly we don't need metropolis of babylon and their babylonian laws we were already trying to but do things course, by if, work in the way we want to do it
0: if if abram came out of or of the Chaldees, uh ur's last gasp gasp and 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 i should say actually not just ur but lagash which was a and a uh, Sumerian city. See, Ur is sum- Sumer. Okay. It's a Sumerian city. Uh, Lagash is another Sumerian city. Their last gasp took place about 1900.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And see, that it, there seems to be something political that happens before a, God calls Abraham out of or okay. the Chaldees. Okay. Uh, and, and the fall of Ur actually happens in the l- earlier millennium i believe hmm. i'd have to check my dates on right, that i right. uh, just been reading something about this <laughs> this week
1: but so it's really i guess the main thing is that this is the human's response that we want to take over and do it our way we well
0: all mesopotamian religions are our works yeah Work oriented. Every, Alamite says, all all false religion is our religion's works." So.
1: so when I read this, I'll, t- I'll keep in mind the whole concept from Abraham and how the works and all the ceremonies got developed more and more and more. And then what
0: well, we're coming, we're coming to his discussion on that oh, in, okay. in verse 19, and, and we're done for today, so okay. we're going to have to save that for next week. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're not going to be here?
1: Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> so what I was going to say then, the disciples, particularly Paul, I guess, as we talked about, really is trying to deal with their concepts, their mental where they were at the moment, with what he understood, God wanted in terms of faith and, mm-hmm. and love and, and coming back to Him and a changed heart mm-hmm. and so forth. So he's having to word things for that. It seems to me like that would be important for us to get this message out to people that are studying the Bible, <laughs> the New Testament, so that because it's so easy for us humans to just see it as a works thing, the law and helps us
0: continue the works. Paul's arguing against that. Yeah. That will become very clear, I think, in Galatians. Sorry, but we did did cover quite a bit considering how slow we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did, didn't we? (laughs) All right, let's have prayer. Okay. Gracious Father, we thank you that you have redeemed us not just from the curse of the law, but you have redeemed us from works, as a means of salvation. We pray that we will realize that everything comes from you, that our our ability to love is dependent upon the fact that you love us first, and therefore we love because you first loved us, and that our ability to trust you is predicated on your trustworthiness. And that you have demonstrated this amply throughout Scripture and throughout our lives. We ask that you will lead us ever into ever richer experiences of love and trust. That you might redeem us fully and set us free from sin. In Jesus' name, amen.